Alberta, a group by the name of Jeto, and that song was Bida, which translates as misery. Dobry den, Evi Tayuvas, Psychonovni Radio Suchichi, na Radio Predachu, Nash Holos, Radio Krinsko Hall, Korinia. Zvame Pablina Makwari, Diakuyu, Shurishla, Perbutisim Nayu, Nestup Nohedenum, and Mamma Dushikabin of Venenas, Unishni Prashami, eat the cause to Dovo Krinsko Musiko. Hello there and welcome to Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio. I'm your host, Pavlina. Thank you so much for joining me this next hour. We have a great program lined up for you. We have news from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine Today. As well, we have a book review by Myra Junik, and she will be reviewing Underground Soldier by award-winning author Marsha Skripik. As well, we have an interview with Bojina Hritsena, who is one of the organizers of an interesting folk camp coming up in Ontario. So stay tuned for all of that. As well, we've got our usual proverb of the week, other items of interest, and great Ukrainian music. And coming up next, Dovira from Toronto and Tishmena Piedmanula, You Deceived Me. Ти казала в понеділок підем разом на баринок. Я прийшов тебе нема, підманула, підвела. Ти ж мене підманула, ти ж мене підвела, ти ж мене молото з ума розуму звела. Ти казала у вівторок поцілуєш разів сорок. Я прийшов тебе нема, підманула. Ти ж мене підманула. 
Thanks to the foresight and generosity of its donors, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been investing in the future of the Ukrainian-Canadian community for over 50 years. Since 1963, the Taras Shevchenko Foundation has been funding initiatives that strengthen our Ukrainian-Canadian identity and enhance our Ukrainian-Canadian cultural heritage. These include fine and performing arts and arts groups, museums, cultural centers, education, as well as authors, journalists, and the Ukrainian-Canadian media, including this program. The Foundation strives to become the premier not-for-profit foundation in a Canada which acknowledges the Ukrainian-Canadian community as a fundamental component of Canadian society. Nash Hollis listeners are encouraged to support this vision through continued donations into the future. To apply for grants, make a donation, or for more information, visit ShochenkoFoundation.com. Don't miss the 4th Annual Babas and Borscht Ukrainian Festival, August 20th and 21st in Andrew, Alberta. Ukrainian food, music, dance, Babas Bazaar, museum tours and exhibits, Zababa and more. Lessons in clay oven making, leather work and Ukrainian dance. Find out all about Samohanka, yes, moonshine. Tons of fun and excitement at Babas and Borscht Festival, August 20th and 21st in Andrew, Alberta. Oh, and there's a borscht cook-off too. Admission is free and includes a borscht sample. For tickets, visit babasandborscht.ca. Ukrainian Jewish Heritage is a bi-weekly series sponsored by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter based in Toronto, featuring stories of Ukrainians and Jews working together in solidarity and harmony to restore and strengthen centuries-old bonds and affinities nearly destroyed by hostile outside forces in the bloody 20th century and even today. Tune in next week for another episode of Ukrainian Jewish Heritage brought to you by the Ukrainian Jewish Encounter here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. little ditty from a group called Rozhenetsia who are technically from Ukraine but they have some Canadian connections. One of the members is married to Vincent Reese who is with Cobblestone Freeway based in uh, in Edmonton and uh, he's originally from Vancouver Island so definitely Canadian content for you there and that was from a performance, a live performance given in Winnipeg when they were performing at Folklorama. CTV caught up with them there and did an interview and a little impromptu performance. 
And also prominently on display at Folklorama in Winnipeg is the Tautistic Sisters, and they are pretty much one of the pillars of Ukrainian culture in Winnipeg and uh, certainly Folklorama. And here they are now with a tune from their most recent CD, Domeli Zustrici, Until We Meet Again, Arlene, or Charlene rather, and Rosemary Tautistic with Ivanku Ivanku Ojani. The latest news stories from Ukraine, courtesy Ukraine's first international English news channel, Ukraine Today. One Ukrainian soldier was killed in clashes with Russian-backed separatist forces over the last day. Five other troops were injured. The most intense fighting has been reported near the town of Shirokina. Almost 300 artillery shells and mines have been fired by the militants at Ukrainian positions. In the Mariupol sector, the separatist forces used mortars near the villages of Krasnohorivka, Hnutove and Vodane. No pause in fighting is seen in the Donetsk sector, with the Russian-backed forces attacking Ukrainian army near the villages of Luhanske and Troitske. The Luhansk region also suffers shelling after a period of relative calm. Meanwhile, the Ukrainian intelligence reports a huge number of weapons and military equipment coming to Donbass from Russia. Tanks, grad artillery systems and armored vehicles have arrived to the occupied Ilovaisk, a town which had seen one of the fiercest battles since the war started in eastern Ukraine. Eleven Ukrainian soldiers were wounded over the last day as the Russian-backed separatist forces continued to violate the ceasefire in the Donbass region, Ukraine's military spokesperson Alexander Motuzanik reported on Monday. 
Over the last 24 hours, the militants mounted 61 attacks against Ukrainian army positions using heavy artillery systems banned under the Minsk agreements. More than half of attacks were recorded in the Mariupol sector. Other hotspots were the towns of Mariinka and Krasnohorivka, as well as the villages of Shirokina and Starohnativka. The increase in fighting comes amid reports of more Russian military personnel coming to Donbass. According to a statement by Ukraine's military intelligence, 70 replacement troops have been deployed to replenish the units of Russia's 1st and 2nd Army Corps in the occupied cities of Donetsk and Luhansk. Ukrainian intelligence has also reported separatist forces stepping up aerial reconnaissance, with six flights of military spy drones spotted over the last day. At least seven Ukrainian soldiers have been wounded during the last night close to the occupied territories of Donetsk and neighboring Horlivka. Terrorists started with Marinka, lying to the west of Donetsk. The shellings are reported to have begun the same time as every day, at 20 p.m. National Guard fighters report the enemy uses rifles as well as machine guns and grenades, firing from both sides simultaneously. Ukrainian command permits to shoot back. We have responded with large-caliber machine guns. One more automatic grenade launcher is underway in case they fire us again. The fighters of the battalion Donbass Ukraine have been defending Marinka for several months already. Russian-backed separatist forces do not leave their efforts to throw out the Ukrainian army, providing regular shellings, mortar bombings and sniper attacks. All of a sudden, Marinka plunges into darkness. The electricity turns off. The power lines have been supposedly struck, either by lightning or by missile. The soldiers have no time to figure out the reason, for the fightings continue. The battle stops suddenly, the same as it has started. Russian-backed militants schedule not only their attacks, but the ceasefire as well. Ukrainian fighters put off their body armors and go for a cup of coffee. National Guard fighters say the enemy is everywhere. Russian-backed terrorists recruit the local residents who help them, or disguise themselves as those living in Marinka. Some of the local residents provide the terrorists with any help they need. For instance, they may simply pass pretending not to notice us, but we see they're filming us on their mobile phones. We try to catch some of them, but with no result. Despite numerous attempts, the enemy has never succeeded in attacking Ukrainian positions in Marinka. This is why the Ukrainian servicemen say they cannot grasp why the terrorists continue shelling the town with no result. What is most important, there have been no losses in Ukrainian army overnight. Three of the soldiers have been lightly shell-shocked. However, they claim that the injuries are minor, therefore no medical aid is needed. A bit of rest, and they are set to return to the battlefront. 62 times Russian-backed terrorists shelled Ukrainian positions during the last 24 hours. This night, Russian-backed terrorists attacked the positions of Ukrainian soldiers in Marinka, situated to the west of the city of Donetsk. There were no losses in Ukrainian army. National Guard fighters defending the town are mostly locals themselves, having been born in Donetsk. Now they all fight for Ukrainian sovereignty in the battalion Donbass, Ukraine. During the first two months since it was formed, two soldiers have been killed. More than 40 fighters got wounded. 38 of them have already returned to the battlefront. The soldiers say the warfare has become harder without the seventh wave of mobilization. The most important achievement, though, is that during two years of anti-terrorist operation, they have learned to withstand specially trained Russian-backed separatists, as well as mercenaries from Chechnya and soldiers of Russia's special forces. It has been the third day since the checkpoints at the administrative border between the occupied Crimean Peninsula and mainland Ukraine do not function properly. The Russian border guards have several times blocked the checkpoints without explanation, causing hundreds of people to spend hours and days in queues. The Chongar checkpoint is the only one where people and vehicles are allowed to cross in both directions. The guards at Chaplinka checkpoint let people in Crimea but not out. After the movement across the administrative border had been suspended on Sunday, it was reported that convoys of Russian military equipment were ferried from Kerch to Crimea. Ukraine's authorities deployed more military equipment and forces to strengthen its army units near the administrative border with Crimea in response to Russia's military activities in the area. Ukrainian army chiefs believe it is connected with preparations for Northern Caucasus 2016 drills in Russia's southern federal district. Human remains were found at an excavation site in the courtyard of former Soviet KGB and Nazi Gestapo torture chambers in the city of Lviv in western Ukraine. 
on the territory of the present-day prison on Lonskoho Street National Museum and memorial to the victims of occupation. The museum administration said at least 12 human bodies have been excavated so far. They insist there must be much more remains to discover, since the excavation works are underway. What was the cause of people's death is yet unknown. The experts report of bullets and shells found at the burial site. The prisoners were supposedly tormented by Soviet NKVD secret police members. Their bodies later thrown to the pits and covered with garbage. According to the historians, both KGB and Soviet NKVD secret police used to conceal their crimes this way. Soviet punitive and repressive system annihilated people, later masking their criminal deeds with any methods available at time. Here you see the bodies covered with garbage. Sometimes they also used lime, so that the remains decayed more rapidly. Prison on Lunskoho Museum was established on 28 of June 2009, following nearly four years of citizens' initiatives, demanding that Ukraine's authorities honor the memory of those who had been killed and detained there during the years of Soviet rule. The new technology of bone regeneration is now being introduced into medical practice in Ukraine. The unique concept that uses stem cells for creating fragments of bones was last year included in the government prosthetics program and was expected to receive over 6 million US dollars from the state budget. However, for wounded Ukrainian soldiers needing limb surgeries, it is not easy to make use of the official funding. National Guardsman Volodymyr Struk has served three rotations in eastern Ukraine, fighting against Russian-backed separatist forces. After surviving some of the most intense battles, he was gravely wounded by a shell splinter. Volodymyr decided to use the bone regeneration technology to save his leg. However, the surgery costing around 24,000 US dollars is fully covered by volunteers and not by the state. Ukrainian citizens, by donating these funds, have saved the state some three, four hundred million hryvnias in social allowances. Field engineer Sergei Mikhalchuk has stripped a mine in eastern Ukraine. His leg can be saved, but he needs 20,000 US dollars to pay for the operation. Together with his wife, Sergei desperately tries to get the state funding, as provided for in the program. I need that surgery to be able to get a job and earn some money for my kid and wife. The wife doesn't have to make money for me. If the state doesn't help me, who will? The officials at the Ministry of Social Policy say that bone regeneration is a new concept in Ukraine. Acts and decrees are yet to be developed and refined. If due to technicalities we cannot use the money for this project by the end of the year, we will allocate it for the prosthetics programs for soldiers and for raising the defense capabilities of our country. According to official data, more than 20,000 Ukrainians have been wounded since the war started in the east of the country. Ukraine's Olga Harlan has won the bronze medal in the women's individual sabre fencing at the 2016 Olympics in Rio. Harlan overplayed French fencer Brunet in a duel for the third place. The gold and silver went to Russian athletes Yana Yegorian and Sofia Velikaya. Ukraine's first Olympic medal was earned by Serhii Kulish, who won silver in the men's 10-meter air rifle shooting. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's Ukraine News Roundup for this edition of Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. To hear more news from Ukraine today, check all of this week's editions of Nasholos at www.nasholos.com. And for their full roster of breaking stories, as well as interviews, press reviews, and in-depth analysis on Ukraine, follow Ukraine Today on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and their live blog, uatoday.tv.
and a very popular and prolific young Canadian polka group. They are called Tutitang, which translates as here and there, and they base themselves in Saskatchewan, although they are pretty much scattered across the country. Uh, But they do get together now and again, actually quite often, for performances to record CDs. They are recently on tour in Ukraine, but that song that you just heard was from their third CD, and it was called the Bukovinian March. Up next, another popular and prolific group, this one from Winnipeg. They are called High Profile. Here they are now with a number from their CD, and the Zabava goes on, their second, and a song called Sampyu Samhulayu, I Drink and Dance Alone. Radio Peredaciu Naš Holos, Radio Krinskoho Korinja. Na Bahatumovni radio stanci AM 1320 u Vancouveri. Hovorit Pavlina. You're listening to Naš Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio on AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver. I'm your host Pavlina. Welcome to Knizhka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik. Ukrainian stories in English. In this edition of Knizhka Corner... We will be discussing Marsha Forchuk Skripuk's novel, Underground Soldier. Underground Soldier is a companion novel to Skripuk's two award-winning novels, Stolen Child and Making Bombs for Hitler. In this novel, Skripuk explores the life of fugitives from Nazi prison camps. It also gives readers a portrait of the courageous Ukrainian insurgent army, the UPA which was caught between two terrible enemies in the Second World War, the Soviets and the Nazis. Luka Barukovich is a teenager who has spent many long and harsh months 
in a Nazi slave camp. He survives with the help of friends. One of his closest friends is Lida. She thought of me as her big brother, Luca, and I loved her with all my heart. Luca escapes the slave camp by lying in a truck full of dead bodies. After he is free, he constantly worries about what is happening to his friend, Lida. As he wanders the countryside, Luca is determined to return to Kiev. He wants to find his father, even though he knows that his father is in Siberia. He fears both the Nazis and the Soviets. After finding temporary shelter with sympathetic German farmers, Luca realizes he must move on in order to survive. He meets a young girl named Martina in the wilderness who escaped a massacre in her village of Lidice in Czechoslovakia. The two travel together until they are saved from death at the front by members of the UPA. They spend weeks tending the wounded in an underground hospital and defending the village of Juraki. In the process, they learn that the UPA is fighting against the Nazis and the Soviets for equality of all citizens, regardless of age, sex, religion, or nationality. Will Luca ever be reunited with Lida and his family? Skripuk based her novel on the real-life experiences of Peter Potichny, Professor Emeritus of Political Science at McMaster University, who joined the UPA when he was 14. He is the editor-in-chief of Litopis UPA, which is a collection of 115 volumes of documents about the UPA. The plot of Underground Soldier is fast-moving. It is told as a chronological narrative interspersed with flashbacks. Both male and female readers will be interested in the fast-paced and heart-stopping events of this novel. Through the courageous actions of Luca, readers will be able to relate to the actual events of World War II. In the process, they will learn about prison camps in Nazi Germany, Soviet oppression in Ukraine, the atrocities of Babinyar and Bukovina, as well as the aftermath of World War II. There is also a useful glossary of terms at the end of the book. Although the novel can stand alone, readers who have read the other two novels in this series will have better appreciation for the characters and events of the background narrative. If readers haven't read Stolen Child and Making Bombs for Hitler yet, they will definitely want to do so after reading this book. Marsha Forchukskripuk has received numerous awards and honors for her picture books and young adult novels, including Aram's Choice, which was nominated for the Canadian Library Association Book of the Year for Children in 2007. In 2008, Marsha was awarded the Order of Princess Olha by the Ukrainian President Yushchenko in recognition of Picture Book Enough, which described the Holodomor, a Soviet-engineered famine in which seven million Ukrainians were starved to death in 1932-33. Marsha's novel, Making Bombs for Hitler, won the Silver Birch Award in 2012 and was on the 2014 shortlist for the Kobzar Literary Award. Skripuk's Underground Soldier was a finalist for the 2016 Kobzar Literary Award. The novel gives readers of all ages a unique perspective into the events of the Second World War and shines a light on a forgotten piece of history for readers of all ages. It is available at Chapters and Amazon. Thanks, Myra. Join us again soon for another edition of Kanishka Corner, book reviews by Myra Junik, here on Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio. Let's
band a song called Cholovik performed by Rozhnetsya from Ukraine with a Canadian connection. And this group is currently on tour and they have been at various different festivals over the summer and the summer not being over yet, they've still got more performances ahead and uh, we caught up with the organizer of of a folk camp in Ontario where Rojanetsia will be conducting workshops and performing. The interview aired on the Nanaimo edition of Nasholos on July 27th. Here's that interview now. That song that you just heard was called Cholovik, and it was performed when Rojanetsia was out here on the West Coast. And they are also going to be, as I mentioned, in Dauphin. They've been at the Pesenka Festival, I believe. If not this year, they were certainly last year. They are also going to be in southern Ontario. And they will be at a very interesting folk camp that was just started up, um, I think, last year was the first one, if I'm not mistaken. But we do have one of the organizers, Bojena Hritsena on the line with us now from um, somewhere driving around in southern Ontario. She's pulled off the side of the road to talk to us. And uh, so welcome, Bujina. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I was actually on, I'm on my way to the campground. Oh, are you? Okay. So where is the camp? Um, So the camp is just an hour and a half um, east of Toronto, right on Lake Ontario. And it's uh, on the grounds of a PLAST, which is the Ukrainian Scouts Group. Uh, campground that they've had for about 50 years and we're renting it out from them. And when is it taking place? So our, our camp, full camp is taking place um, from August 15th to the 21st this year. So that's um, from a Monday to a Sunday. Okay, now what is what do you call your folk camp? What do we call it? Or you just, or you just call it folk camp. <laughs> well, that's that's what we decided to do to make things simple, but actually it seems complicated because it, it, you do have to sort of explain a bit more. Uh, sometimes when people hear camp, they think, oh, it's a kids' camp or it's a Ukrainian summer camp for kids. Uh-huh. Um, but what we're kind of modeling our camp on is like a folk music and, and folklore camp. Um, that Those kind of camps exist a lot of times across the states and some, some in Quebec and in Ontario um, for musicians. But a lot of us are crafters in our group, so um, we wanted to have... A variety of, of activities available for people so we don't just focus on music we also have craft and um, and food preparation as well as dance and other folkloric activities so tell us about your group then that has basically it was your idea to come up with this camp was it last year it was your first one yeah last year was our first one um two years ago we did uh, a weekend sort of an extended weekend right. song exchange um that was focused on on uh, singing uh, master classes, and then we decided to branch out and do all the different things that we love to do, all the different things we're interested in. Well, you started, actually, your group is, is Cosa Collective, mm-hmm. and yes. you started up in Toronto uh, a few years back. I, I saw you at the uh, festival in uh, 2014 when I was up there. Oh, and great. You had, yeah, you had this wonderful time. I don't remember now who it was I talked to, um, but it was just um, absolutely fascinating what you guys have come up with this this folk uh, enclave in this huge urban center <laughs> right right um well we're, we're sort of a collective of different um people a lot of uh whom have um art as their passion some have art as a profession um most people are just really passionate about um folklore and and a lot of people come from a slavic background so Ukrainian mostly, but other other backgrounds as well, and um, we just all crave that. I guess that's part of being in the city. Is that we miss we miss the things that we know exist outside the city, um, <laughs> but we also get to enjoy them almost more because we get to connect with each other, and we're not so spread apart. So we're concentrated in the city, and we get to um, you know jam with them, sing together, mm-hmm. and um, have crafting sessions. So we started um, also organizing workshops with with people who are interested in learning some new skills um, and traditional and traditional folklore. And so the camp that you're holding next month will be for people to get together in a rural setting this time and learn right. some of these things and just have, sounds like it's going to be a fun time. What are some of the things that you're going to be featuring this year? This year's exciting. <laughs> we have a lot, a lot going on. Um, so yeah, last year was just the first year and already we have we have people knocking on our door, offering lots of things, and we even have to turn people away. Hopefully next year we'll have an amazing program as well. 
Um, this year, what we have, as you mentioned, we have Rajanetsi coming, which is a, a really special thing for us. They'll be teaching um, traditional Ukrainian song, um, specifically, most um, mostly wedding songs, specifically um, for the rituals of that associated with wedding, with the wedding, and um, and as well as harvest celebrations. And then we also have. Um, more Ukrainian song taught by a wonderful teacher from the U.S., um, actually closer to where you are, down in Seattle. Nadia right. Tabnaska mm-hmm. is coming to us. Uh, we also have a Georgian singing, which is a tradition in our community. We have a wonderful Georgian singing teacher um, in our collective. And uh, aside from the singing, we always have dance. So there will be um, Ukrainian village dance as well as folk dances from Western Europe. And a lot of People in our collective are really um, passionate about Middle Eastern music and love that. So we're trying to connect that with, with um, you know, in- incorporating some Tatar and Turkish influence into the program. So we're going to have a Turkish night, um, a Black Sea night with some Bulgarian, Turkish, Tatar music. Um, so each night we have we have dinners with followed by dances and some kind of folkloric aspect, perhaps like a, a, sh- a show and tell of some cultural things. Um, so people can also enjoy that, aside from the workshops. Um, and we have craft workshops. So we have um, uh, a teacher teaching um, instrument building with, oh. um, driftwood, with driftwood and objects found in the forest. We make wow. stringed instruments, beautiful tree harps. Um, and we have spinning, so fiber spinning. And a weaver from Ukraine will be demonstrating traditional weaving techniques. Wow. There's lots. There's more, but, you know, I could talk for now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> what else have you got? Um, wow. So, yeah, so yeah. So those are sort of the, the ongoing basic things. For children, we also have workshops. Um, one of our teachers does a lot of West African drumming and a lot of rhythm-based stuff, so she's going to teach a, a body percussion workshop that is all ages, and uh, we have a few kids coming, so we're looking forward to sharing that with them. As well as mask making and puppet making, the kids are going to learn how to do shadow puppetry and um, prepare a story to tell at the bonfire. We also have um, instrumental, so if anybody wants to practice sopilka or accordion or any other instruments like fiddle, um, all of our musicians that are there are basically ready to teach anybody who comes with an instrument. Um, oh, we also nice. have photography. We also have um, somebody teaching sun photography, so actually working with uh, found objects in the sun to make some beautiful mementos from camp. Uh, so this is this is a lot of stuff to, for five days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like there will be things that will go, be going on concurrently, so everybody won't be able to take in everything, I yeah, suppose. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's the thing about camp, right? Right. You get so excited, but you have to kind of pace yourself. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> How many people are you, you expecting or are you prepared for? Um, well, we are expecting probably altogether about 70 people. Wow. Um, you know, people come visit us in the evenings and, and join us for dinners. What are the accommodations, Bojena? So the camp is, uh, it's got cabins, so we have shared shared cabins, and some people are tenting. So it's obviously, you mentioned kids, so it's family-friendly, so it's something for Absolutely. to take the whole family. So if somebody wants to uh, register, oh, actually, I guess, first of all, you have, you have a website with lots of more information. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. So um, you can go to folkcamp.ca. Uh, it's a beautiful website that our family has spent so much time on, mm-hmm. and I, I think that it's quite accessible to find everything you need, and of course you can contact us through that as well. Okay, so that, that's all you need to do then is to go to the website to register and then just pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get ready. <laughs> get ready. Yeah, there's, um, there's a lot to, uh, yeah, bring your instruments, bring your songbooks. Um, there's a lot to pack, but uh, we have a whole list and it's very comprehensive and we, you know, we really prepare everybody before they come. Okay, well, that's wonderful. Sounds like a, just a great time. So you're on your way. I'll let you get back to <laughs> get back on the road and uh, and back to um, the preparations. Um, I'm sure that uh, there's lots of prep work for you. So <laughs> yeah, we're we're excited. It's coming up quite soon, and we're yeah. looking forward to um, to meeting lots of new people coming from all over. And uh, we hope more people will join us as well. 
That's great. Well, um, good luck to you, and uh, have a wonderful time. And in the meantime, we, we've got another song here by Rojanetsia. They um, teamed up with Millennia at the Pesinka Festival last year, and they put this on YouTube. So hopefully they'll come up with um, with a CD. Uh, if you get a chance, would you put that little bug in their ear? Love Avis, a collection of their music to share with listeners here on Nashola. So. Thank you so much, uh, Bojena, for Thank joining you. us. And uh, drive safely to your campsite. <laughs> and, Thank you. And have a, have a wonderful time. And uh, hope to hear how, it, how you made out and uh, talk to you again soon. Yeah, I look forward to it. Okay, happy summer. You too, Bojena. Thank you so much. <laughs> and we were speaking with Bojena Hritsina. She is one of the organizers of the folk camp taking place in Southern Ontario, August 15th to 21st. And if you'd like more information, visit their website, www.folkcamp.ca. Here's what's coming up this week in Vancouver's Ukrainian community. On Wednesdays, catch Nash Holos Ukrainian Roots Radio broadcasting live from Nanaimo to north and central Vancouver Island, the Gulf Islands, the Sunshine Coast, northwest Washington State, and in the greater Vancouver listening area. Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY Radio Malaspina, 101.7 FM on the radio dial and streaming online at chly.ca. Nasholos now airs in international syndication on the PCJ Radio Network, broadcasting weekly on AM, FM, and shortwave radio to over 20 countries. Information and podcast links on PCJ Radio at www.pcjmedia.com. Channel 8 Omni airs two Ukrainian-language TV shows in the Vancouver viewing area, Contact TV Sundays at 7 a.m., with repeats Tuesdays at 9 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 a.m., and Forum TV Sundays at 8 a.m., with repeats on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 12 noon. And at 6 p.m. on Saturday evenings, flip your radio dial right back here to AM 1320 CHMB Vancouver or catch the live stream at am1320.com. And join me for another hour of fun on Nasholus Ukrainian Roots Radio. In between broadcasts, make sure to follow Nasholus and me on Facebook and Twitter. And for audio archives, transcripts, podcast feeds and more, visit our website at www.nasholus.com.
sa dočkuja roži sa dev, veštevim sa dočkuja roži sa dev, jak tebe kokana boja sja ljubil. From Edmonton, Alberta, that was Millennia. From their CD, Jitya, which means life, and that was Josie's song. Coming up next, something a little closer to home, just slightly across the water. This is Gladys Andreas and Friends, also known as the Ukrainian Prairie Band, from the Cloverdale area. And here they are now with uh, Kalameka. <music> Canadian duo Mickey and Bunny with Tsenasha Zamnya, This Land is Your Land. For the very best in Ukrainian programming, tune in to Nasholos Ukrainian Roots Radio in Vancouver every Saturday at 6 p.m. Pacific Time on AM 1320 CHMB, live in Nanaimo Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Pacific Time on CHLY 101.7 FM, and elsewhere in the world on the PCJ Radio Network on AM, FM, and shortwave radio. In between broadcasts, you can find us online at www.nashholos.com, where you can get podcast links to all three editions of the show. As well, make sure to follow Nash Holos on Twitter, and please like our Facebook page. Kto dobre tovarestvo maja, toj zaožde veselej ta šteslevej buvaja. And our proverb of the week translates as, In good company, one always feels fortunate and happy. Well, that wraps it up for another edition of Nasholos. To take us to the end of our program, we have the Canadian Rhythm Masters and the Nashi Ljude Polka. I'm Pavlina on behalf of all of us here at Nasholos in AM 1320. Thanks for listening and Dobranić!
Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.